You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another in the exciting series of Quantum Collective Commentaries. Yes, the lights are off, and something's moving behind me. Is it a stone statue? No, it's just Dave Acey. Well, I'm as stiff as a stone statue. It's uh, it's two. (laughs) (laughs) I walked into that one. Walked into that with your eyes open and your boots off. (laughs) No, it's just Dave AC. Yeah, I I think I'm on a a loop here. Yes, it's nice to be here, but I'm as stiff as a statue. Sounded so innocent in my head, honestly. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than us, folks. What do you want to do now, then, Dave? <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> Life is short, and I'm getting hotter and hotter. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, dear, leave dear. it, and I'll do something with it. <laughs> I didn't mean that either. <laughs> Uh, anything you say just sounds dirty, Dave. I don't know. You're writing your own jokes at your end. I know. It was I trying to be all serious this time. Move along. Nothing to see here. Move along. Get on to the next fella. <laughs> and also joining us, trying not to blink, it's Mr. Randolph Thaw. Yes, there's this really peculiar statue outside my window. I can't blink. Must not blink. Oh, it's just Tim Jerry. <laughs> it's a bicycle leaning against the statue. <laughs> All right, folks, if that wasn't enough of a giveaway tonight, we're going to be talking over everybody's favorite episode. Well, almost everybody, for those who don't particularly like it. What's wrong with you? Anyway, we're going to be doing Blink. Well, if everybody's got their official BBC copies of uh, Blink at the ready, and before Dave... Uh, Steps in, in, into any more innuendos, I think we'll get underway. Yeah, just just one minute. Uh, the wallpaper's just peeling here a minute. Just hang on a second. Now, I'll check it later. It's probably nothing. Probably nothing. Duck! Oh, no, sorry. Disparrow. Disparrow? Uh, all right, that's enough from us. It's time to hear from Doctor Who. So, if everybody's ready, in. Are you over here? <laughs> Ready? I'm completely done. In five, four, three, two, one, lay. 
night garden. Ooh, spooky. Who are? A little breaking in and entering. It was this girl, she wanted to pass my ass, she took the gate. Did you say anything? No, I was afraid she'd take offence. <laughs> Sorry, had to be said. Love a forceful girl. <laughs> I'm monitoring everything I'm thinking of saying now. Um... <laughs> well, that's a bit flash. <laughs> uh. Sorry, no fascinating facts, just nothing but one-liners and puns. Uh. And the teaser, at least. She's just so watchable, this girl. Oh, yeah, what's that? Told you my wallpaper was loose. <laughs> that's not all that's loose at your own neck. <laughs> Especially when it comes to Sally Sparrow. Wow. <laughs> the Weeping mm -hmm. Angels. Oh, and Duck. No, really, Duck. <laughs> Sally. Duck already. Duck. Duck now. <laughs> well, what's that outside the window? Oh. Hmm. Somebody on a squeaky bicycle. When I first saw it, I thought that was um, an actual statue's head that it got thrown. It was just a rock. Mm. And the what? doctor's back in the 60s. Hmm. And I'm going to say it again like I've said it before. I miss this theme. I'm going to say it every time I hear it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> do you miss this theme? I think I do, you know. Hmm. I just get that feeling that you miss the theme. <clears throat> you could be right. I, I might think Sparrow told me. Yes. Another day was wallpaper. <gasps> this is the steam. <laughs> of course, Blink by Stephen Moffat. Moffat, Moffat. Moffat. I never know how to say it, because I've heard it both ways. Based on a previous short story written called What I Did on My Christmas Holidays by Sully Sparrow. Which was in, uh, was it in a Doctor Who annual? Yeah, yes, uh, yeah. 2006. And well, this was the adaptation of that. A lot of people forget about the webisode sequel to this. On, if you paid attention to the website, every Christmas they like to do the countdown calendar, the advent calendar. And the year after this, they had this webisode, this three-minute webisode, uh, that told the story of somebody else being abducted by an angel. Mm. Of course, this originally went out uh, June 9th of 2007. And the last note about that story is that it was narrated by John Barham as Jack Harkness. So it wasn't part of the Monster Files then? 
No, it wasn't part of the Monster Files. It was its own standalone thing for the 2009 Adventure Calendar. Naked Man! Oh. Pants? Pants? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Do you not think, think he reminds you of Rory a bit, this guy? Oh, I don't know, from the neck down, maybe. <laughs> well, what I mean is we, we, did, we hadn't met Rory at this point, but I mean, similar characterisation. Sort of a prototype character. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The reason she looked so worried there was because of what she saw. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a naked man walk past my bedroom door. <laughs> uh, this girl was good, wasn't it? The Lucy Gaskell. Oh, yeah. Actress. Well played. I mean... She loves old things, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You're able to dance then, sir. All right, yeah. Uh, in Waking the Dead, Holby City, where the heart is. And of course, she began uh, in the uh, Being Human as Sam, main character for George. Being Human connection. Yeah. And also, she was in Paradox for three epi uh, on, in episode three, by Katie. Ah, miss that show. And in film, mm. she uh, some of us probably would have seen her in uh, Dungeons and Dragons Two: Wrath of the Dragon God. <laughs> well, she's also done uh, work on uh, Sapphire and Steel. Ooh, I'm assuming they mean the audio. Uh, drama's done by uh, Big Finish, correct? I think so, yeah. That name rings a bell. <laughs> Nicely done. Well handle this. Oh yes, it is. It's all very... Aren't we all? <laughs> Shades of Back to the Future. Oh, just a statue outside. Nothing to worry about. Interesting how the conversation <laughs> was dragged on just long enough for that last name to 
to be said at the same moment she disappeared. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. a joke, Sally. <laughs> no, it's a letter. Mm-hmm. Hey, hope. And of course, the gentleman at the front, at the front door was uh, played by Thomas Nilstrup. Who's uh, you know, played that two pints in a packet of uh, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps uh, back in two thousand nine? Is Wesley the impression show with Carl Sean Stevenson? Hall, hall. There's, there's good accent for you. Hall, you're in hall. Full home. <laughs> Suddenly and comes back in 1920. <laughs> 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 Feb 7th, was that? Oops, sorry, I got the wrong name there. I, the gentleman that she met when she went back in time was, uh... was, uh, Sunday Robinson. Sorry, no, no, sorry. Excuse me. No, the man at the front door was actually Richard Kant. I got a bit ahead of myself. Was reading out the uh, the works of Thomas Nelstrup, who plays Ben Wainwright. It's the gentleman she went back in time. So, excuse my drunk ramblings. Meanwhile, the people who, or someone who is in this house, like statues a lot. Yes. Yeah. Key. Now that was one thing that surprised me. The makeup work and prosthetics and, and costume on this is just amazingly good. Yeah. And may I say the physical acting. There's barely a flicker, barely a twitch. I mean, that's just... I mean, I don't know if there's any camera trickery in there or there's just them moving, but it's fabulously done. Yeah. It voted one of the most frightening episodes, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, the Weeping Angels were, for a while after this, voted the most frightening enemy, topping the Daleks finally. Mm. Well, we're getting drawn in again. Yes, cappuccino. Yes, 
it's good at, uh, the, the, at the time of writing this letter that she adjusted her dialect and everything. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, when we gather, it's it's you know it's been done at the end of her life, but it was very well read by the actress. Yeah, because obviously all the photographs of her ongoing marriage. just like crack to her voice it's quite nice oh jeez about her age a DVD the rare things those <laughs> Working hard. Yeah. We're watching instead of giving facts again. Yes. Yep. It's suddenly the doctor on his TV screen. Oh. Of course, if then my Robertson. Suddenly, <laughs> realization. <laughs> oh, he's been in Doc Martin. Yeah. Definitely a Rory p prototype. I'll have to look harder now because I, uh, I don't think we've got that. Oh, going Bodman. I just started watching Doc Martin, so in case if anyone's wondering why I'm rattling on about Doc Martin. Got <laughs> a good show. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. <laughs> After this. Been in the in-betweeners as well. Uh-oh. Reading through some of the filming locations used here, and two of the locations were in Newport, South Wales. The, the abandoned house that they were just in is off of Bills Park Road in Newport, South Wales. It's currently being renovated, so it's not, a, not as falling apart as it was. Ah. The coffee shop and the DVD shop are both on, on Charles Street. Same place. Mm. So there you go. Visit those places. See where Dr. Who is filmed. If you can. Yes. I don't know if anyone mentioned this, but this is actually ranked uh, second in the Doctor Who magazine uh, reader poll in 2009 with the 200 Doctor Who stories in order of preference. Blink ranked second, surpassed only by the Caves of Androzani. I remember that list that took us five weeks to, to go get through. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Easter eggs on DVDs. Now, the interesting thing about this whole DVD thing is it was quite brilliant, is the fact that, um, of course, this is the Dr. Light episode uh, as a result of double banking. Uh, in other words, the um, 
while they were off recording another episode, they were able to film a, another a, a second episode while not having much of the Doctor in it. In other words, the Doctor Light episode. Of course, it was done uh, with Love and Monsters to uh, a kind of Marmite <laughs> success. <laughs> you either loved it or you hated it. And of course, uh, and also with uh, uh, Turn Left and was it, uh, Midnight? Midnight, yes. Yes, Midnight mm-hmm. and Turn Left, which they did a, a different take on it where they just basically, you know, the Doctor did one episode and, um, and uh, Catherine Tate um, did the other. But this one was done very well by using basically the same footage over and over again of the Doctor uh, peppered throughout the episode as if he was always there. Why does no one ever go to the police? <laughs> and if you want to know where this was filmed, the police station was, was in Mount Stewart Square, Blue Guten, uh, part of Bay. There you go. So, Wells, of course. Yes. Just some non-Doctor Who facts and figures. Well, facts. Actually, it's a question for you, Dave. Oh. What is the official language of Wales? Well, it depends. Uh... There's only parts of Wales where Welsh is still spoken. So I suppose English, really. Right. And what is the official language? Cymru, I think. It's of England. English. No, there is no official language. Oh. Just like here in the States, there's no official language. It's just assumed. Yes, it's because it's never become uh, an issue. In Wales, where Welsh is spoken... It has to be designated a, an official language. That's what you get by watching QI, folks. <laughs> but after you've done watching this. I mean, Kerry Mulligan, what a rise to fame. Pride and Prejudice, Bleak House, uh, Waking the Dead, then Dot Two, and then she was in My jo- Ball of Jack, you know, uh, the Rudyard Kipling play with um, the young lad from Harry Potter in. Oh, coming up here in a bit, we've got a bit of a reference to the fans and how they complain yes. about the hardest model <laughs> and Stephen Moffat writing back to them. Yes. Mm. Oh, there we go. The windows are the wrong size. <laughs> the windows are the wrong size. <laughs> and here we go. The actor M- Michael Obiora, who more recently, since this, appeared on an episode of the first series of Misfits playing a detective. And the character who called him in to search for a missing person, that character was named Sally. <laughs> Casting gag. Mm-hmm. And what's that, what's that little creature that's on the badge on his shoulder? It looks like a sparrow. <sighs> I see what they did there. Yeah. It's swift, I think, but yeah, let's call it a sparrow. It works with the story. <laughs> not a promise, not a guarantee. Uh, 
He's also appeared in uh, EastEnders. Uh, Hotel Babylon has been uh, Truman. The Bill Holby City. I think everybody's been in Holby City. <laughs> oh, Celebrity Masterchef playing himself. Celebrity Masterchef's quite good in the UK. He's also been in Grange Hill. Grange Hill's still going. Or did, oh, no, it finished in 2002. Yeah. I used to watch Grange Hill when I was a kid. That wasn't that long ago, Dave. No, not long. No. We're back to Baines, aren't we? You gone, matey. Yeah. Never see him again. <laughs> well, at that age, yes. It is raining. Oh. Oh, look, there's the Doctor <laughs> Who logo on that taxi. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Very effective. And there they are. Oh, I didn't ever notice that before. What? Well, he says probably same the same one since you ended up in the same year. Mm-hmm. Ah, so each one, right? Good, good yep. catch. Different ones to do to different times. I had never noticed that before. Yeah. So we've had two different people sent back by two different angels. They must have their favorite period. <laughs> <clears throat> Ace. I think I had one like that. The tiny whiny detector. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay away from hens. (laughs) (laughs) Got a new motor. I know, John got a new motor. I wish they wouldn't keep saying that phrase. And another interesting fact about this, this is the first episode to be directed by a woman after 22 years. The last episode was Mark of the Rani. If the internet's to be believed. <laughs> well, if the internet's to be believed, Ronnie's been in every episode of Doctor Who since somewhere. Everyone. 
is the Rani. Yes, Sally Sparrow is the Rani. Mm. The third weeping angel to the left is the Rani. Same rain, that's chilling thought for him. Yeah. Who is? Don't call me. <laughs> of course, old Billy is being played by Lewis Mahoney. He's most recently been in uh, Casualty and Ten Days to War. He's also been in Holby City. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, this is not Lois's uh, Lewis's uh, first appearance in Doctor Who. Oh. He was also in Frontier and Space episodes one and two as the newscaster. And back in 1973, and in 1975, he was in Planet of Evil as Ponty. This is a lovely scene. It is. You are hot. <laughs> Look at the detail on the ring. It's old. Well worn, you know. It's nicely done there. The the, the looking at the, the floor, and you realise that you know, as yeah. it's panning up, that there's no sound of rain. I was thinking of that effect of the rain on the walls just prior to that reminded me a little bit about the vampires of Venice and the. The reflection of the water they had there that they mm. used for the canals. Ooh. Cue the we mean mu business music. <laughs> yeah. The Sally figures things yeah. out music. You've <laughs> <laughs> only got 17. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines. <laughs> Well, then you might not want to look at my DVD collection. Yeah. You might want to call it a smattering of DVDs. 
Absent-mindedly replies, sorry. <laughs> Love that, he's not working. <laughs> Mark is the one at the job. I just noticed that in the notebook, he, the, he has screenshots from the video. Ah. Oh, she's good. Yeah, that is lovely lines. Mm. It could have so easily been stupid. Which was clever now. Quit using that line, Stephen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God, just enjoy this instead of commentating. I know. I know. It's just so well written. I mean, how one wraps Martin's mind around writing this. It's funny that he thinks it's a political statement, considering some of the stories in the classic series. Yes. <laughs> Sunmakers, for instance. Wibbly wobbly, tiny wimey. <laughs> Sorry. T-shirts. No, T-shirts. T-shirts. Which is so funny because people say, hey, hey, look good on a T-shirt. And, of course, us being fans, we did. Yes. One of DeLorean, too. That was the other thing that bugged me about the Tenant era was, oh, they're so old, older than time, old, oldest thing in the universe. Everything from was old. <laughs> Everything was from the Dark Ages. Yeah. Before time. What do you mean before time? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, this episode was uh, first aired 9th of June 2007. David hadn't been in the part that long, really, when you think about it, and uh, it was so much the Doctor by then. Yeah. Not that very sorry line again. Yeah, it's one of those things, it's like... It's one of the 10th Doctor's catchphrases. I mean, I'm sure there were people who were like, oh, not a bloody jelly baby again. Yeah. But we just didn't have an internet to complain about it on. The young lad's good here as well. Oh, yes. And that was what was used as the trailer last uh, last episode. <laughs> no one's looking at that, you know. <laughs> Oof. They get progressively scarier. Yes. Yeah, when they bear their fangs. <laughs> I think I had that last one is me wallpaper for about six months. You did. Well, whatever holds the image of an angel becomes the angel itself, you know. Oh, my God. I told you I was getting snipped. <laughs> what were you doing? Don't rub your eyes when we do, Dave. And, of course, uh, Blink has been widely recognized as an exceptional episode of Doctor Who. Uh, writer Stephen Moffat was awarded the 2008 BAFTA Craft and... Uh, BAFTA Kaimuru Award for Best Writer for his work on this episode. It also won him a won the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form. Funny, I remember saying that before. And Carrie Mulligan received the Constellation Award for Best Female Performance in a 2007 science fiction television episode. The episode was also nominated for a Nebula Award for Best Script, but lost to Penn's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro. This episode also received an award for Best Story in the, of course, Doctor Who magazine 2007 seri- uh, survey. What you got there? <laughs> Don't look away for a moment. <laughs> and for those who can cast their mind back to the BBC fear forecasters, uh, with four children aged 6, 8, 10, and 14, who rated the episode on how scary it was, uh, they gave it a 5.5 rating off the scale. The only other episode with a rating of five above 5 is The Impossible Planet, which received a 6 beyond fear. <laughs> and a notice was actually attached to the top of that page, recommending the parents record the episode and watch it in the daytime with their children, as it was one of the scariest episodes yet. Yeah, I remember a lot of the discussion for this episode leading up to it was that this episode doesn't use any CGI at all. And Stephen Moffat saying in, inter- in interviews, watch this late at night with all the lights turned off. <laughs> he would. Yes. That's not the fascinating fact. I'm going to watch the end of this now. <laughs> and we'll continue to talk because this is a lovely little... 
when this is done, I've got to talk about that choreography. Ooh. Turning out the lights. Hmm. And the music in time, of course. The edits are done so sharply on this that yeah. you actually believe that they are just moving. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see that. Yes, it is. I do miss it. I wasn't a big fan of the Coral Tardis at the beginning, but... Oh. We have a... Another holographic doctor. Yes, we haven't seen that since uh, Parting of the Ways. The TARDIS mm -hmm. even has a DVD slot. Yes. <laughs> Shows you it's an old model, though. It doesn't have Blu-ray. Some nice shots of the TARDIS in this yeah. that we don't see elsewhere. This uh, upwards view of the 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 uh, time rotor. Just the whole idea of the TARDIS dematerializing and leaving them behind kind of reminds me of going back to Parting of the Ways and the Bad Wolf yes. when they materialized around a Dalek. And even back to Legopolis when the Doctor materialized his TARDIS or the Master's TARDIS. So, similar, but backwards. Until somebody turns the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're that. frozen, these... He's turned stone now. No, only because they're constantly staring at each other. And therefore they can't move. Right. But if somebody were to turn the lights out and they couldn't see each other. Just love it that she uh, walking up the stairs, turns One the light off. later. Oops. <laughs> What's interesting with that one year later thing is that a lot of the DVD releases of this episode don't have that label, that label show. Right. So, just a little editing difference. Yeah. Okay, well, guess what? You're caught up in a paradox. Yes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, Sally, don't. Oh. And Larry's up <clears throat> to the shop. You do wonder, though, you know, with Stephen writing this, if if that was Rory, in, mm. in a way. They might not be as dumb as we all thought. I mean, uh, <laughs> I jest. I really, really, really 
he realised that sort of character would work so well. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to know this story. <laughs> what exactly are the poor Martha the Doctor up to? <laughs> Fans go crazy. The doctor mentioning his referencing yeah. his own wedding. Yeah. And here we get the rest of the paradox. Follow this. Four things in a lizard. <laughs> That's another one of the little idiosyncrasies of, of the Tenth Doctor that I love. Yeah. Well, well, four things in a lizard. <laughs> of course, the Eleventh Doctor would make a band that name. Make your claim. There you go. Let's have some nookie in a minute here. He's getting all no. stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> Sparrow and Nightingale. They use that. She used that name after all. Yes. Now, the Moffat twists the knife. All yes. of those statues. Which, in a way, was a bit of a cheat because the Weeping Angels were angels, not just statues. I know, but this is this way of, of, of you know. Yeah. Just like the kids. Interesting yeah. note. Yeah. But that's what we were like when we were kids and watching Doctor Who. It's like, yeah. And right at the end, the Doctor blinks. It's the whole, Moffat's whole thing of taking normal things and making them scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next time, on. Yeah. It's a masterful performance, yes. <gasps> and there we go. Yes. And interestingly enough for us, uh, we've been doing all this stuff in order here. Uh, the last two episodes, well, this episode, and uh, our next commentary will be, of course, Utopia. I'll drink to that. Yes. Yes. So, um, damn good episode. What's not the like, really? I mean, no. it's one of those things. Uh, I don't think you find too many people who who say that uh, the blinks a bit of a tough episode. If, yeah, back if when they Stephen, do, back yeah. when Stephen Moffat was writing one episode, one story per series, and every single time they were excellent stories, oh. which That's does the make highlight me, of the series. Yeah, which people said they. I, I remember people saying, uh, Russell writes too many episodes, and uh, and we've got Stephen writing a lot of episodes, and. And to be honest, I don't think they're as good. Um, but then again, when you've got one person comes in and he writes, you know, an episode or a, or a double episode set, uh, and he's got all that time to just pour his imagination into that one story, it, 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 it can be fabulous. But I, I just think Stephen's talent is spread a little too thin uh, in, in you in in you know yeah, series now five and six. Yeah, now that Ooh. he's in charge of the show overall, and yeah. he's coming up with the story arcs, the larger well, story 
tactics. I'm not too sure I agree with that because uh, in Russell D. Davis' time, he was also looking after Sarah Jane Adventures at the oh, same no. time. But I mean, this, this, yeah, the, same thing, yeah, the same thing, the same criticisms were leveled at him that uh, maybe he should write less uh, and concentrate more on, you know, just you know, the overall production. Maybe write one or two episodes rather than like four or five. Um, but it, 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 I think the argument does hold water that he does write a little too much, and I wish he'd write a little less and uh, and make them episodes like this, you know, where you get these gems. Uh, instead, last last season the gem came from uh, Richard Curtis, mm. um, which is a fabulous story. Uh, I don't really care about the monster and, and um, Vincent and the Doctor. That just happens to be a reason why the Doctor's there. Just fabulous episode, very well done, and and the kind of stuff you know when you set somebody, you know, I want you to write me a story about this, and the way they go and they come back with something that's just that wonderful. Yeah, uh, the child doctor dances, great double episodes, yeah. just lovely. Silence in the library and uh, Forest of the Dead. Forest of yeah. the Dead, not as good, but still good, still a good. Uh, some, some lovely moments in that. And, of course, I'm sure we will get to that in time. Um, but, yeah. yeah my, my only quick comment about Silence in the Library is I'm wondering if that will ever tie into Moffat's Silence Will Fall story arc. Because if it, if it did, because Moffat knew he was taking over the show at that point, mm-hmm. wow, bridge brilliance. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that's later on. That's next series. But, uh, yeah, this, um, really good episode considering... Again, the, the Doctor is barely in it. Um, aside from uh, the the very, the the very end and the bit with uh, Billy when he arrives in, in the 60s, uh, the only other time you see the Doctor is in the DVD footage, which is is wonderful. Uh, they managed to, or Stephen managed to, pepper the Doctor throughout the story. If you notice that as soon as she comes home after... Uh, after leaving the house, you see the doctor right away. And then you see him again when she goes to the, the DVD store. It, so the doctor's constantly there throughout the episode, and you just don't even really kind of realize he's not really there at all. It's all just lovely editing. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, there isn't uh, a foot put wrong. A foot put wrong. Uh, you were going to mention a little bit more about the choreography of the... Yes, I mean, the, the, the angels are so well choreographed. I mean, again, it's hard telling, really, that uh, whether that's, it's very, very careful editing or uh, or whether they're actually doing those movements while the lights are out. I mean, it, I mean a lot has to be done. I mean, it, it covers a lot of departments, really. Uh, makeup, uh, the makeup designer, Emma Bailey. Because uh, when you look at that, the... the the, their faces and the, the makeup on the arms and everything that's very well done. Normally when you get something like that where somebody's made to look like a statue, there's there's little tells, you know, the hairs on the arms or uh, veins or just little shows. But there's nothing really when you look at them. It looks like stone, it, you know. Yeah. You could totally get taken in. Um, Apparently this yeah. footage of them being put into costume and moving on set Yes. In the Doctor Who Confidential, the episode called "Do You Remember the First Time," 
Right. I didn't even realize that they were actual actors until I watched that Confidential. Yeah. Then I went back and rewatched this, and yeah, my reaction was pretty much, I don't believe for a minute that they're actual actors, but they are. I, I, I think I, myself, I think I remember the, you know, feeling the same way as thinking, well, wow, that had to be really expensive creating all of those, uh, all of those fake statues, you know, whether they did it out of polystyrene or, or, or balsa wood or whatever, it's still going to be really, really expensive. Um, but finding out that it's, yeah, it's just, uh, just actors. It's just, well, not just actors, but actors. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but uh, again, uh, I, I still come back to the Sally Sparrow character, so well realised and so well uh, acting out by Carrie Mulligan. It's just, uh, it, you, I mean, as you said quite rightly, the judicious use of the Doctor meant he didn't appear not to be in it, but there was at no time during that you were saying, well, when's the Doctor coming back in and what's happening? Because you were actually, uh, the, st- the story drives you forward, the young girl's acting makes you uh, absolutely interested in her plight and, and the, as the series unfolds. Uh, we know Stephen Moffat has this um, technique whereby that, you know, every three to five minutes you do something that, you know, keeps your audience on the edge of the seat. And uh, that fairly whipped along uh, just about 44 minutes, I think it was. But we were well up to the 30th minute before I even looked to see if we were halfway through. Yeah. It's just a very well put together, well edited, um, lovely uh, set designs and cinematography. Ernie Vincenz, of course, you know, director of photography, um, and uh, Arlwyn Jones as uh, the art director. Just, I mean, the house and everything. Um, it's just beautifully done. The the whole bit down in the in the basement. Just, you know, hide them away in some little basement, and it's just. A, it's all very well done. It's a nice little package of... of, of I mean, it, it seems a weird thing to say, but a flawless episode. And of course, um, something else with this episode is that, story-wise, it, it again brought to focus, which we saw somewhat with God of Fireplace, but Steve Moffat's whole way of playing with time travel and actually working that in to the story, because it's Doctor Who, he's, he's a time traveler, but uh, usually that's just a means to get to the destination for the story. This time, it's actually worked into the story. We haven't seen that since the Space Museum with the first Doctor. But yeah, time travel is an actual part of the plot. We, which is you know, what this episode is all about, basically. Yeah, and the most shocking line of all, you've only got 17 DVDs. <laughs> it's a lovely line. Um, also, um, just to, to, to note, in the disc of the DVD release with Blink, uh, it, on disc 4, of course, uh, there is the, an Easter egg on page two of the scene selection of Blink. It's the Doctor's Easter egg from the episode, unedited. To access it, uh, all you have to do is highlight Blink on uh, in the page and select it. Unlike the other bonus scenes and deleted footage, the Easter egg remains stylized rather than being rendered on video, in keeping with the supposedly having been filmed in 1969. So there you have it. An Easter egg... Or you can just go to, I think it's dvdeastereggs.com. <laughs> Do it the simple way. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us. We've uh, blathered on long enough. Uh, join us next time, where we will be talking over the top of another favorite episode of yours, Utopia. Actually, it's a favorite episode of Dave's. 
Um, most okay. of the uh, selections that we do throughout these are uh, a selection uh, chosen by the three of us. We usually pick a, an episode or uh, two each and uh, comment on them. Uh, so at some point in the near future, we may go back and do the ones that we didn't necessarily choose the first time around. But it all depends on how long Dave lives. <laughs> And whether he gets transported back in time by the weeping angel that's standing behind him right now. Don't blink, Dave. <laughs> and while Dave remains eyes open, staring at his screen, there's nothing more to say then. It's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. Well, the angel outside my statue and the bicycle have both disappeared. But, uh, yeah, it's goodnight from Dave AC. And as I uh, just check under this wallpaper, I'll also say it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. I need a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're going to do with the beginning of that.